man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of January 23rd, 2023, Season 5, Episode number 3. This week we talk about Fallout Boys founding guitarist Joe Troman leaves the band to focus on his mental health. Dave Grohl has his very own comic book, and it's out now. Limp Biscuits Wes Borland is suing his ex-wife for defamation. Tons of music festival and tour announcements for 2023 and more. Plus this week in rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. And watch us live every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. All right, yes, it is time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. What is up, everybody? David here with us, chilling today. What's going on, man? Yellow. Um, you know, How's life? Life's pretty good. Went snowboarding yesterday for the yes. first time in 12 years. I, was, I didn't die. My daughter skied. I was very jealous of good. this fact. Uh, was how, how was it? Uh, here in uh, the Sierra Nevadas in uh, California. It, it, you know, it was beautiful up there. Was it I a planned for day? a cold day, but it was warm. Was it nice and sunny? It was nice and sunny. Oh, and then man. I, and, you know, I thought I was kind of pro for, you know, it's like <laughs> the old days and I didn't wear my gloves, you know? I don't need them. I didn't wear my gloves and I was, the first, you know, runs that I went on, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just, no I did it. People all, were asking huh? me for advice and stuff. And then I went with my daughter <laughs> and I forgot, hey, when you, uh, uh, when you go with your kids, you gotta kind of like stop and slow down. And yeah. so I was on my hands the whole time, and I couldn't feel them by the time I got to the bottom. It cherry red, a bright it was, cherry. It red. was a bright cherry red. Oh man, it was it was. But yeah, it was really fun. My daughter did the. She did her first. She's never been skiing before, and she did her first uh, green. What is it? Green? I don't remember. Green circle. I don't know. She don't did the first like run. And and oh, only yeah. fell once. She she yeah, green dot or whatever. Green dot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. She 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 had a tumble and her skis flew off and whatever. Right. And she didn't cry or anything. And I, I what is it like? Green dot, on. blue square, and, and then black diamond. Black diamond. Yeah, blue um, squares in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in so she did it. She did. She fell once and then she did the whole run. Nice. So I uh, she I was I was I was. Awesome. That's so, really Yeah, cool, it was man. fun. It was Hell really yeah. Good. It was good. Right on. All right. So yeah, winter weather here in California. We got lots of it. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get into all that. But let's get to the prep uh, for this week and all of the hot topics that we gotta talk about for the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of January twenty third. Uh, so season five, episode number three. Uh, kind of some interesting things happening this week. Fallout Boys founding guitarist Joe Troman leaves the band, focusing on his mental health. So that's kind of a an interesting turn of events because they just announced he announced that the same time that they announced their new album details. Like Fallout Boy posted, "Hey, wow. we got a new album, big tour, all this stuff." Right? The next day, John Troman says he's leaving the band and to focus on his mental health. So we'll get to the details on that. But also, Dave Grohl's got his own comic book, kind of cool. We'll talk about that. What that's all about? Uh, kind of a a salacious uh, tabloid headline as Limp Biscuits Wes Borland is suing his ex-wife for defamation. Hey so yo. she she got on a podcast or something, I guess, and kind of said some stuff. We'll we'll get into all that. 
Tons of festival and tour announcements, too, for 2023. Some uh, big things popping up this year. And, of course, this week in rock and roll history trivia, all that good stuff. Weekly WTF. Everything's up at rocknewsweekly.com. I had to renew my domain because (laughs) rocknewsweekly.com was actually expired for two days, and hopefully none of you tried to visit it during that time. I'd missed the email uh, that (laughs) at the beginning of January, I think it was January 5th or January 6th, they shut the website down because I didn't pay the $25 fee. So In the meantime, it, someone else got it. And <laughs> it really it. something raunchy. Yeah, was... putting some nasty <laughs> stuff up there. No, <laughs> Luckily, nobody got rocknewsweekly.com. Nobody wants that website name. So <laughs> it's up there. It's updated now. It. <laughs> I thought it was a good I thought it was good, right? We also updated our YouTube channel name, too. Uh, it was Rock News. It was YouTube.com slash Rock News Weekly 3113 before. Now it's updated to just Rock News Weekly. So if you go to YouTube.com, it goes at Rock News Weekly. That's where we're at. Same thing for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Watch us live. Everybody that's listening on audio, check us out on Twitch.tv slash Rock News Weekly. You can watch the video on demand. You can watch them on YouTube. I upload them a couple days after we do it live. Uh, it's a great way to interact with you guys, so check it out. All right, so we had to kick it off this week with some kind of unfortunate news. As uh, David Crosby, uh, the outspoken and often troubled singer, songwriter, and guitarist, helped create two of the most influential uh, American bands of the classic rock era, The Birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. He's passed away. He was 81. And uh, I just want to take a moment for everybody that is always asking, like, what's the thing with David Crosby? Why do you guys make jokes about the guy? The guy is truly like a, a a gentle soul, a really a really honest and cool guy. Um, but he's he's had his run-ins with the law. He's had his troubled times. He's had his ups and downs. Um, and he's kind of one of those wild card characters that we always love to kind of uh, have as the butt of our jokes because he's such a kind of a funny punchline in that regard. Yeah. But I, I do want to be clear that whenever, especially going forward after his passing, whenever you joke or whatever it's never in vain with david crosby he's like a genuinely good guy i have nothing but respect for him uh he's a, a an awesome awesome person he fathered melissa Etheridge, etheridge's uh child through artificial insemination through their um you know their relationship he's like a really understanding and cool guy um so i just want to make sure you guys know that that it's never uh, meant to be a, a bad joke but we will continue our David Crosby jokes, he will live on in this podcast. If nowhere else, you will hear a weekly David Crosby reference or joke on this podcast. Living on. 99% of the time, he will live on in this podcast every single week. He may not make it every week into the uh, into the trivia, but he does 99% of the time because he is such a cool guy and a funny, awesome dude to just like laugh about. Yeah, I mean, I've long had a lot of respect for David Crosby since I, it's a 2010s for me, like he really, he was, he, he sang for the Occupy movement and that Mm -hmm. was something that was really important to me. Very, very uh, socially conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very, not only socially conscious, but um, just turned on um, musically as well as, um, I want to say socially again, but he was just like um, always on what was going on and being a part of it in a funny, sardonic, um, kind of sarcastic way. Yeah. He was like that kind of grumpy old old men type of character, (laughs) like the Walter Matthau 
I picture him like you know just cracking jokes, giving you a hard time, but at the same time he's that lovable old dude that um, has done a lot of good. And so it's 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 with a heavy heart that we announce all this, and I'm sure you've already heard by now uh, because it's already uh, made headlines everywhere. So he was innovative on that freak folk movement, in the early 21st century. Um, they say that the character from Easy Rider that was played by Dennis Hopper, have you seen Easy Rider? That character um, that was played by Dennis Hopper was Mr. Crosby's basically persona. It was that, oh, that really? sardonic hedonist of the cosmic age, that twinkle-eyed stoner. He was said to have been the model for the obstinate free spirit played by Dennis Hopper in Easy Rider. And if you look at Dennis Hopper's character, he wore that kind of like... Um, that, that jacket that uh, David Crosby was known for at that time with that leathered, tasseled, like, it was like that brown leather with all the tassels yeah. and stuff. And yeah. it was a, it was a very uh, counterculture thing at the time uh, to try and take something like of the David, uh, or, or what am I thinking, the, um, that, the, the, the John Boone or what, what the heck is Daniel that? Boone? Daniel Boone. The guy with the, the you know... The, the uh, raccoon raccoon cap. hat and the leather. Yeah, it was that type of a jacket, and they turned that Americana into something like counterculture. Yeah, it was like kind of a punk rock kind of thing at the time, and Crosby was at the front of that. You know, he was on the pulse of of that kind of counterculture movement at that time. Which yeah, is, you know, really cool. So, which was an interesting time that flipping because when yeah. we were kids, you remember tv all over the place cowboys and indians mm-hmm. it was it was all about the sort of brainwashing of the american youth yeah <laughs> here's you're on one side or the other right yeah and yeah. they blurred the lines they blurred the that, lines and i right? love that about their contribution to that so thank you david crosby for being part of that counterculture of america so he was a really cool dude uh 1941 to 2023 he lived a long life i will i will say that you know uh, at least he he got to live live his life he had his ups and downs. He was addicted to heroin, both cocaine and heroin at one time. Um, you know, and he says, quote, you don't sit down and say, gee, I think I'll become a junkie. He told People Magazine. This is in 1990. He says, quote, when I started out doing drugs, it was marijuana, psychedelics. It was fun. It was the 60s, and we thought we were expanding our consciousness. But drugs became more for blurring pain. You don't realize you're getting as strung out as you are. And I had the money to get more and more addicted. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those guys that got those record deals, they come from nothing. And then now they have all this disposable income. And what do they do? They just blow it on stuff like that, right? So he ended up uh, you know, having hepatitis C, had a liver transplant. Um, in his later life, had to cancel some tours and stuff. But, um, you know... David Crosby lived a, a good life, and he was a good guy, so we'll miss him. But he'll always live on in the podcast, so you can you can bank on that. All right, so let's get to the tour news. Let me show you guys this lineup here for the Kilby Block Party. This is happening uh, May 12th through the 14th. David, what's grabbing your attention off uh, that lineup? Pavement there. Pavement right in the middle. That looks like they're probably Look headlining a Saturday. That. Our good... This it's is pavement. They're Utah. from Modesto, aren't they? Check this out. Where this is at, too. Salt Lake City. They don't. Know, they're not known for getting big festivals no, or no. anything like that. No. So yeah, I mean, we got the yeah, yeah, yeahs up there. Pavement. The Strokes is the three headliners. Then we got that Run the Jewels. Great. Run the Jewels. Yeah, we, were great. we were just talking about, about them. About them. Uh, I I was lucky enough, uh, Dahlia as well, uh, to interview them at AfterShock Festival um, uh, five or six years ago. But they're up there. Pixies. 
Uh, Dominic wow. Fike, Japanese Breakfast, Hippocampus, The Walkman. Uh, it starts getting more obscure as we go down. But a lot of those um, those bands like Parquet Courts, Surf Curse. Um, oh, whoa, I just zoomed in like crazy. I don't know how I zoomed in like that. I thought you, were, I thought you saw Mannequin Pussy and you were like, <laughs> gotta get up down there. <laughs> I gotta investigate Gotta this. investigate this oh, one. Oh, no, that's right. I didn't resize some of these pictures ahead of time. So you guys are going to have to bear with me as I resize all these pictures on the fly for you. Uh, super professional podcast that you've all come to know and love. All right, so let me go back up to the other one right above this. (laughs) Kill me block party. Back to it. Uh, We're going to experience that throughout the podcast. Uh, May 12th through the 14th. Pretty cool lineup, though, right? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, kind of a a little diverse, a little indie on the indie side. Um, At the Utah State Fair Park. Yeah. I can enjoy the land of my ancestors. (laughs) That's Beautiful mountain horizon. (laughs) Kilbyblockparty.com. Check it out. Um, All right. So this was Punk Rock Bowling's lineup here for uh, the 23rd annual Punk Rock Bowling and Music Festival in Las Vegas. May 26th through the 29th. Uh, Dahlia and I went to this for our honeymoon in 2016 we went to Vegas and it just so happens that this was going on at the time and we made it a point to check it out it was the hottest I think the hottest festival I've been to because it was literally on blacktop Mm. in a parking lot out in the (laughs) hot May sun are you sure that wasn't uh, Woodstock (laughs) 94 or whatever no it was it was downtown Las Vegas, 2016. It was horrible. Um, this that's one thing about this festival that I will give you a disclaimer for. If you're all thinking about it, it is very hot, and it's at the, one of the hottest times of the year. And it's an outdoor festival, so I wouldn't keep, mind that. Keep Go that see mind. the exploited. Sounds good to me. A lot of these bands. Uh, the cool thing about this festival, they do club shows. Really? They have really cool club shows, all in, like, little hole-in-the-wall places. They'll play, like, the Golden Nugget, um, these different uh, venues and uh, casinos. Oh, so you're not outside the whole time. Well, it's part of it. It's separate. So, like, if you were to buy tickets for punk rock bowling, it's all outdoors the entire time. Okay. They have separate tickets that you can buy for the club shows that are late-night club shows Mm. after the festival is done from, like, 10 p.m., to 1 a.m., you can go see some of these bands in a small, intimate, indoor setting, which I think is the way to do it with these bands. Oh, yeah. If you see a lot of these bands on a big outdoor stage in the middle of the day, it kind of loses the it loses the effect. And we've seen a lot of these types of festivals and shows where you see them at like 1 in the afternoon on a, you know, on a Sunday, and it's like you're... You got to see that group, but at the same time, I would have much rather seen them in a smaller club at 6 o'clock at night with a good sound system, and I'm closer to the action, so to speak. Now, what do you think from, like, a, you know, if you had the choice between seeing all of these guys, say, in two or three days, all these bands, outdoor setting, big stage, big outdoor sound system, Compared to if you saw the bands, maybe the only couple ones that you wanted to see in an indoor small club setting. Well, I say in an indoor small club setting, and I, you know, 
down in the pit and I'm punching lots of people. <laughs> if my like if my phone falls out of my pocket, That's I'm right. out there in the middle of the. I won't get it back. That's right. But at a festival, at a, you know, if I'm in a little in a little place. It's all we're all family there. A festival, I'll get it back. A festival, you'll never see it, but right? at, at a small club, I'll get it back. You'll get it back, and that's, that's you know that's my style. So. Okay, I hear you. That's a good choice. <laughs> that's a good choice, and I gotta agree with that. I'm more of the, the I like, yeah the family ish the, the 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 smaller intimate. I, I love that kind of, especially with bands like this. Yeah, like the the crowd response is people talk a lot more. Yeah, you can actually say something and they'll hear it. The sound, right? the audio is so much better. Yeah, uh, especially with bands like this that don't <laughs> don't really do a good job. Uh, I, I will say a lot of these guys are not like um, super musically inclined when it comes to getting the sound right for their mix. So when you hear them on a festival stage, not not you know I'm not talking about the headliners, but some of these smaller ones, let's say like the Cockney Rejects or Agnostic Front, if you were to see them on a festival stage, the sound would not be as good as if they were headlining their own small indoor stage and get a full sound check the way they should. When they do these festivals, they don't get the proper sound check that they should because they're in the middle of the day and the, the guys only do the sound check for the headliners. Um, they only do like a real yeah. proper go through the drums, you know, play the bass, here's the vocals, right? So only- poor rat fuck down here is having to deal with, you know, bad sound quality. Poor rat fuck, the Madam Bombs, infamous stiffs, all those guys, they get shitty sound on a big festival stage. But if you see them in an intimate venue, you're going to hear yeah, them yeah. probably the best they could sound. Yeah. So, But it's cool that they do both, and I, I love that about punk rock bowling. They do both. They give you the best of both worlds. You can see them at the festival on the big stage, or you can get your choice and check them out, you know, on the uh, smaller circuit. If you and know, I mean, really, these are some classic acts to bring together. Great bands. Rancid, Bad Religion, Dropkick, Murphy's Headlining. Suicidal Tendencies. Suicidal yeah, Tendencies, I mean. The Damned, L7, Me First and the Gimme Gimme's, Face to Face, GBH, The Exploited, Fishbone. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, so make sure you guys check it out. Uh, punk Rock Bowling is always a good time. It's hot, but it's worth it. Okay, so we got to resize this one here. This is another one that's going on in Los Angeles. This is um, Just Like Heaven Festival here. This is Saturday, May 13th with the Yeah, Yeah, Yes. MGMT doing Oracle Oracular. Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun. Huge uh, group from Australia. M83, Future Islands, Hot Chip, Caribou, The Walkman. When is this? this is, I, I want to go. This is Saturday, May 13th. It's a one-day thing. And this is in, um, I believe it's in Pasadena. Do I have the... Not San Dimas. <laughs> not San Dimas. Damn. <laughs> I think it's in Pasadena. Dang it. Why do I not have yeah, the... Yeah, this one looks good. Oh, oh it, it does say it at the top. There it is. Brookside at the Rose Bowl. In Pasadena, this so, real indie stuff that my yeah, daughter would right. Dig it's really definitely good. an indie indie uh, focused one, but pretty cool, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. Good lineup, MGMT, good stuff. That's happening uh, Saturday, May thirteenth. So check that out, guys. All right, we got another one here. This one, this is one of the first uh, ones for the Foo Fighters that I saw that they announced for. Uh, 2013, 2023, excuse me. 
Uh, let's get down to it here. Man, I wish I would have done this right ahead of time. Here it is. Okay, Foo Fighters and Green Day as the headliners here. This is the Harley-Davidson Homecoming, July 13th through the 16th in Milwaukee. Foo Fighters, Green Day, Cody Jinx, Social Distortion, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Fantagram, White Reaper, Kenny Hoopla. I think this is a first wave announcement because that's not very many artists for three days, right? <laughs> well, maybe have trouble getting a lot of Scannies to come out, you know? Yeah, I don't see that as really like an East Coast Milwaukee thing either. That seems very kind of generic. Um, well, you know the Harleys, they came from Milwaukee. And to me, that doesn't seem like uh, Harley Davidson bands. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's like maybe, yeah, sort of a winter Harley Davidson guys into Green Day and Foo Fighters. I don't, I don't see that. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's a, maybe it's a I see them bit being a, in a like Kiss, generational like uh, Kiss or Black Sabbath or something older or something. But I guess I don't know. Maybe they're trying to set the precedent for hmm. um, the the new generation. Yeah, of the new generation, riders. eh? So that's like that. yeah, yeah. They got Joan Jett in there, but I mean, that's about as it's all like Fantagram. Like that's not a Harley Davidson. I wouldn't think that anybody on yeah. Harley is listening to Fantagram, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe, uh, uh, what are those? Rough Riders? <laughs> no, like, no DMX, though. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's too bad. Uh, so that's Ju- July 16th, or th- excuse me, 13th through the 16th. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. If you're in the Milwaukee area, you know, it might be a cool show. Milwaukee's lovely. Not this time of year, but. Weren't you up there recently? Yeah, I was just there. During the bomb cyclone. That's right. How cold, was that? Cold, cold. Oh my gosh, it was, it was really cold. Coldest yeah. I've ever felt. Yeah. Oh my god, I bet. What was the lowest of the temperatures that you had? Ah, uh, like negative twenty-five oh. or something like that. Oh, just that? which I mean, but I mean, oh, it was negative twenty-five, but it had the wind chill factor adding like. <laughs> Or taking away like another fifteen degrees or something oh like that. Oh my god! So immediately I'd go outside and my hands. This was when I was in uh, in uh, St. Paul, mm-hmm. and it was. But in 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 Wisconsin too, we went over to Wisconsin too, and it was yeah, it was something else. So rough. Huh? Almost lost my toes. Almost lost my fingers. <laughs> All right, check it out. Alice Cooper's got some tour dates that he just announced. It's too close for comfort tour. Got to give it up to Alice Cooper for still doing it. Uh, mostly East Coast and Southern dates. Ohio, South Carolina, Louisiana, all in May and the end of April. So check that out, guys, if you're in that area. Here's another one that uh, the Bouncing Souls uh, announced a tour with Anti-Flag and Sam I Am and some other bands. Bouncing Souls. Um, It's their um, album release tour. For 10 Stories High, their new album. And they have different bands opening for them on different uh, dates. So Anti Flag, Sam I Am, or excuse me, uh, yeah, and Swingin' Utters. Swingin' Utters. Uh, Wilhelm Scream, uh, Urethane, uh, some of these other bands, Veminist Pinks, Pet, Pet Needs. They're all on different dates, different parts of the country. So check it out, Bouncing Souls website. Looks like the ones we get here in California, um, San Francisco on the 15th. That's going to be with Urethane as a supporting act, along with Anti-Flag. So there you go. Bouncing Souls on the road in 2023. Bouncingsouls.com. All right, I think we got a metal one here. I think this is the Black Dahlia Murder show with 
uh, some other bands that I cannot remember. Oh, Terror. That's right. Terror uh, Fuming Mouth. Is that what that says? Yeah. Fuming Mouth. And what is that bottom? See, this is the issue here. What are these, David? We have to figure them out. I think it says... Frozen? um, No. Make America puke <laughs> again. I think, yeah, yeah, that's what Mappa? it was. It says Mappa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make America puke. What? Are the oh gosh, you got these Mappa heads. Gosh. <laughs> Fuming mouth, uh, terror. I can't, I don't even what these other ones are. Phrenology? No, yeah, something or other. Anyway, that's happening April fourteenth through May twenty sixth. Oh, it's a Pussycat Dolls. That's <laughs> I do not think that's accurate. Uh, there's a bunch of dates, though. You guys, It's the Verminous Remnant Tour. Okay. 2023. I like how they have... I like, like the name. I like how they have all the classic uh, scary guys. Right? Um, all right. We have... Oh, yeah. This is the uh, Clash of the something or other. Uh, another heavy show. This is with Sepultura and Creator. With Death Angel and Spirit World. This is going to be a heavy show. We are going to have tickets for this for The Bear, 1057. Uh, 1057thebear.com. You can check out the info for it. This is their Clash of the Titans Tour North America 2023 with Creator and Sepultura. Huge bands from the 80s. Yeah. That 80s thrash scene is really big right now. And a lot of these bands are kind of having a moment again uh, towards the end of their career, which is awesome. And I hope they are able to you know get some good exposure and finances from this you know bands like death angel and creator get literally no airplay or any any kind of help and for them to be able to get on these tours and and make some good cash and good good exposure is really good for the metal community these bands you're never going to be able to see these guys again guys so get out there i mean we're every every month it seems like we're losing somebody from bands like that so get on out there and check them out while you can Uh, a lot of california dates Nothing up here except for San Francisco, May 28th. That's the date we are going to get tickets for. I think that's at the Regency or the Warfield. I can't remember. Sepultura.com. All the info you need. Okay. This is uh, our first story of the week. And this was Fallout Boys, Joe Troman. Here's a picture of Joe looking sad. And apparently he has been kind of sad because... He is leaving Fall Out Boy to deal with his mental health. He says on the post that he made on social media, Without divulging all the details, I must disclose my mental health has been rapidly deteriorating over the past several years. So to avoid fading away and never returning, I will be taking a break from work, which regrettably includes stepping away from Fall Out Boy for a spell. Isn't that kind of a cryptic line right there? So to avoid fading away and never returning. That's haunting. Right? Uh, like he seems like he was like on the brink there. Um, following his announcement a few hours later, he actually performed on Jimmy Kimmel Live, which is kind of crazy. Uh, he's been with the band since the early 2000s, founding member, um, formation in the subsur- suburbs of Chicago where they're from. Um, he thanked his bandmates for understanding, but it, this was a day after. As I was saying off the air, uh, that Fallout Boy announced that they're doing their new album and doing a big tour and everything. And 
I wonder if that was kind of overwhelming for him, and he's just like, I this needs to be now, even though it's difficult. What do you think? I mean, because it sounds like they were kind of like not in sync in terms of the band's announcement and then his announcement. Yeah, I mean, dealing with that kind of stuff, you know, that kind of challenge, it's hard to make those decisions. Sometimes you wonder if it might help you to go and do stuff, and sometimes you, you realize you just can't. Right. And I think that's uh, the mature kind of adult thing to kind of do what he did here. It's not the cool thing and it's not the the fun thing or uh, especially for the fans, you know, what we want to hear. But it takes a lot of maturity to step away from something like that where he can obviously make a lot of money and go on the road and do what he wants to do to focus on his mental health instead and say, I need to prioritize that. Yeah, I'm glad he can because, you know, you just – Think about those people you've known and some that that didn't didn't have that foresight. Very true. And so we hope that he's able to get whatever he needs, uh, you know, taken care of and then come back stronger and, and better for it. So hopefully he can just take that time and no big deal. Um, Dave Grohl comic book. So check this out. Um, new Dave Grohl comic. Here's like a little page expert for everyone that's watching on the podcast. Um, or excuse me, on the Twitch live stream and twitch.tv slash rockmusicweekly. Oh, that Dave Grohl with a phonograph for a body? What's going on there? I know, right? Music box? So this new comic book is called Orbit, Dave Grohl by Tidal Wave Comics. Um, it's a 22-page comic. It's written by Adam Rose, illustrated by Martin Jimenez, part of Tidal Wave's Orbit series, which focuses on personalities who impact the world, so... Yeah, Dave Grohl's definitely done that. Uh, and the one they're showing here, it's got like kind of a Kurt uh, Cobain uh, yeah, excerpt unplugged here. Unplugged Lives. Looks, yeah, the picture from Unplugged. Um, there's a page devoted to Kurt that we're seeing. Um, so it kind of spans Grohl's entire life, though. It doesn't just focus on specifically the Nirvana stuff. So, But if you're a Dave Grohl fan, you know, or just a fan of comic books, kind of a rare and cool kind of comic, I'm sure it'll be a collector's item, or at least something cool to look back on down the road. So check that out. Um, all right, we got a story here about Slash. This is kind of cool. His um, coffee table book is out. It's called, what is it called? Sorry. Um, the Collection Slash Custom Edition. And so he has a bunch of different editions of the book, and he kind of shows all the different guitars that he uses personally that he's had in his collection that have influenced him um a lot of really cool kind of history behind stuff uh, all the the history behind certain instruments that he's used throughout his career in the studio and on stage uh so for the slash fan out there check it out standard editions out there 364 pages which is a pretty good book um they have some limited editions uh, that come with some extra goodies if you guys are into that but Seems kind of cool for, uh, uh, you know, into Gibson guitars especially, or Slash. Guns N' Roses fans got to have that one in the collection, so check that out. It's out now. All right, let's get to this story here about uh, Wes Borland from Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit guitarist Wes Borland accusing his ex-wife of defamation. Here's a picture of her, picture of Wes. Um, taking Very legal clean cut. I'm sorry? West Borland, very clean cut. I know, looking kind of clean cut. Normally we see him with, like, uh, weird contacts 
right? And face paint, but he's looking like kind of, you know, it's like regular. a Mormon missionary. I know <laughs> he's got the button-up shirt and <laughs> yeah, you know, nice haircut there. Um, all right, so here's the story. Uh, this is at Rolling Stones reporting this. Uh, reported that Borland is using, quote, his ire at how an album review interpreted his ex-wife's latest record as fuel for a legal action against her, accusing her of defamation. The report continued, the filing also cites an interview that she gave, Carrie Calloway. Uh, she goes by the name Queen Kwong. Hmm. See that as an indie rocker name? <laughs> I don't like that name. She gave the same uh, interview uh, for, uh, I guess she gave two different interviews. One about Wes Borland's stuff, one about her stuff. And so she's saying, he's saying that she attempted to profit off of his name by talking about him. So a judge is stepping in and will hear the petition. Borland specifically asked for Callaway to show why she, to show cause why she should not be held in contempt for her refusal to comply with the court's judgment. So it's getting messy. It's getting all kinds of court stuff. Uh, that ex-wife stuff, I'm sure, is just a total nightmare, especially when you're somebody in the media and somebody to where they could just kind of go and talk about you. Oh, I got the real deal. I got the lowdown. Who knows? But uh, it's getting messy. So I don't know. It says the divorce agreement signed by both parties states that neither party may make speeches, give interviews, or make public statements that defame the other party party excuse me so he's saying she's in violation of that okay so it's so i mean the idea here is that she was saying something to get more press was it necessarily defamatory well that's what we don't know that's that's what the court's going to decide it says is this something that has been uh published yes okay uh apparently she gave this album review and then there was some other things that were said in that album review I guess okay. that are pertaining to defaming him talking about West Borland has a bad haircut yeah who knows I don't mm. know I'd be interested to see we shall see oh yeah the Beach Boys this is interesting they're gonna do a Beach Boys tribute um, at the Grammys America's band, the Beach Boys, will be honored February 8th with a taping of CBS's A Grammy Salute to the Beach Boys. Tickets are available for the event. It's in L.A. at the Dolby Theater. The interesting part was Weezer is going to be doing uh, some Beach Boys covers, and he was talking about this. He says, uh, quote, We're in the midst of figuring out which Beach Boys songs we want to cover, and oh my God, it's incredibly fun. It feels so good to play and sing these songs. And I'm reminded of how much I used them as a model when I was starting out writing songs for Weezer. So, what God, do you think? I didn't realize that. I, and, well, I know. And I, I guess I can kind so of make, make the sense. connection yeah. uh, now that he says that. What do you think? Let's guess. What we, what Beach Boys song do you think that Weezer would cover on this Grammy salute? Uh, what? Sloop John B? Oh, Sloop John B? That's a good one. Um... I like that. I like that. I'll do. Um, what do, we do? What are they? Something that's like kind of generic. I think California. Maybe. What is it? Girls. California girls. Yeah. Maybe that or. Um, um, fun, fun, fun. Dun, dun, dun. The T-Bird away. Yeah. What's that song? Uh, is it called Fun in the California Sun or yeah. something like? I don't know. But I could totally see that now that Weezer kind of made that comment about it. I could see that as being something. 
Yeah, we need to take a quick commercial break, guys. Let me take a quick commercial break. We will be right back. I'm going to play something for you here. Stick around, all right? And now a message from one of our sponsors. Yar, you hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat to become the largest beasts on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer, imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process. Filters and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake, yar! You need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious, it's krillicious. Yar! All right, rock birthday time. Oh, well, hey. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yes, it is time. It is time for the birthdays of the week. I always have our guests do this, uh, David, so if you don't mind. All right, we've got uh, Dewey Bunnell is 71 years old, but that is disputed. It is Uh, disputed. Isn't that funny how they do that with uh, a lot of these rock birthdays? I wonder if he was born in, like, the mountains in Appalachia (laughs) and he just didn't, you know... (laughs) He doesn't have no actual record, certificate, you know? no, no certificate. I, Mama told me I was born. I don't know. That's a, that happens. It happens. Yeah, could be. Uh, Rod Evans, original lead singer of Deep Purple, uh, is seventy six. Looks like he's trying to sell you a uh, life insurance policy here. He, yeah, phone. well, he does look a little bit like you know the old progressive insurance ads. <laughs> right. There was a guy just <laughs> like that. Good stuff. All right. Who else Funny we got? you say that, really. I know, right? Uh, uh, Jonathan Davis uh, is 52 years old. Jonathan Davis from Corn. Look at him. This little Monster Energy shameless right there. Gotta get that Monster Energy. Is that was this taken at Corn Camp? <laughs> I think it was I actually think, taken right? at Corn Camp. That was main stage at Corn Camp. <laughs> uh, Steve Perry of oh, Journey. No, no, oh, I skipped. Sorry, Mick Taylor, uh, former guitarist of the Rolling Stones, is 74 years old. Oh, Mick Taylor here. Looking yes. good there. And then we got Steve Perry here. Let's resize his image so everyone can see Steve. There he is. Steve Perry, the uh, former lead singer of Journey, is 74 years old. 74. Can you tell by the Look at the that. Large... He, he looks can you tell by the good. large photo who, who this is? Uh, I'm feeling, um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm feeling like it's Bon Jovi. Bon but Jovi? I can't tell. Nope. No. Oh, my goodness. It's Steven, Steve Adler. Steven Adler. 
of Guns N' Roses is 58 years old. 58 years old. It's wild to think these guys are are almost in their 60s. These are the I ones know. that I know. Going into my friend's uh, family room, getting kicked out by his older brother, watching MTV. <laughs> right. We got Paul Stanley of Kiss is 71 years old. Eric Stewart of 10CC is 78 years old. Wow. Yeah. Must be an old picture. I know. I couldn't find. Some of Looks these guys good. are hard to find. Ian Hill is 72 years old. That's a lovely guitar. It is a pretty cool guitar. It's a Dean. It's a hybrid. It almost looks like a uh, Gibson kind of body and a flying V. Yeah. Tracy uh, Guns of L.A. Guns and the Brides of Destruction is 57 years old. All right. Though he looks about 90. All right. We got some trivia. Let's do another ad real quick before we do the trivia, guys. Check it out. And now a message from one of our sponsors. Hey, Dad, you got anything better than water or Gatorade for my workout? You bet, son. I have the latest protein power drink courtesy of Crow's Milk. No thanks. I've had that protein-based dairy product that gives you the power of a crow before, but it's too smooth for my liking. (laughs) I have just the thing for you, slugger. It's the new Crow's Milk Chuggers. Chuggers, huh? What's that all about? Chuggers is still the protein-based dairy product that gives you the power of a crow. But now, in a more unrefined, natural, raw curd sort of way. You mean like the consistency of chugging down a warm bottle of cottage cheese? That's right, Lalo. It's best served at room temperature, on the brink of spoiling. That way you activate the crow-powered enzymes and sugars to release your full potential. Here, try some. (coughs) That's the worst thing I've ever tasted, and the consistency was like oatmeal. But somehow I feel the power of a crow activating inside me. Whoa! Who's that cool middle-aged man that's dressed like a crow over there? Hey, bros. I'm Crow McChuggins. Here to chug down some chuggers with you to get you chugging pumped. Yeah! And don't forget, chuggers is best served warm when you leave it out in the hot sun for at least two hours to reach its full potential to release all the enzymes of those crow eggs and fortify those nutrients. I think I'm starting to feel nauseous. It feels like a thousand knives are piercing my intestines right now. Don't worry, that means the special crow powers are activating right now, fortifying your insides with true chuggers power. Dad, call an ambulance. (laughs) As we say, if it doesn't tear up your insides and send you to the ER, it ain't Chuggers. Roots, yen beast. (laughs) Trademark. Oh, man. Yeah, crow's milk Chuggers. Good luck finding that anywhere. That's That's a tough one to come by these days. All right, we got some trivia to get to. Are you excited, David? Ah, I I am. I am. In rock and roll history... Trivia? All right, it's time for some trivia, guys. This week in rock and roll history trivia, we got to go all the way back to 1982. All right, I you was guys born ready? That year. Born in 82? Man. Well, this could have happened on your birthday. It could have. This week in Nightwall. No, not this week. You weren't born this week, were you? Almost. Almost. A few weeks ago. Okay. Well, maybe. This week, 1982, this musician is hospitalized after a a show at Des Moines, Iowa. 
makes national headlines over the cause. It was a big thing in the rock world. What musician was it? Was it A, Ozzy Osbourne, B, Iggy Pop, C, Gene Simmons, was it D, David Cocaine Crosby? Could have been him at this time, 1982. 82, huh? What do you think? I can't give you any details because it'll give it away. Uh, well, I feel like it's got to be Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy? You think so? Like the bat bit back, like inside mm, maybe mm. or something like that. The bat bit back. My favorite kid's book. Right? <laughs> it was the story or if you how- give Ozzy a bat, <laughs> he'll probably ask for some milk and then just keeps going. You know what, David? You are absolutely correct because on this week, 1982, Ozzy was hospitalized in Des Moines, Iowa after biting the head off of a dead bat. Hot dog. Thrown at him during a concert. Ozzy thought it was plastic. (laughs) (laughs) He thought it was a plastic bat. This is so legendary to me. I never have known the actual story. Okay, well, you're in for a treat because we'll we'll, we'll share the real story here with you guys. He thought... The, the the bat was fake and he he re- he realized i guess in the middle of chewing it oh, that it really was, that it oh was not oh my gosh uh here the, here's the local headline that goes along with it look at that headline rock singer leaves dm with bat taste in mouth <laughs> Is that not That's good? a true art form. Nick that is, Lamberto. Nick Lamberto, God bless you. You should have got you. the Pulitzer for right, that, dude. God bless you. You should have got the Pulitzer. Um. <laughs> uh, that picture of Ozzy, he Isn't really great? Look he at this. looks like this my is from, mom. This or, is, not really my mom, but somebody's mom. <laughs> this is from the YouTube video. Not that picture. <laughs> Somebody screenshotted this from the YouTube <laughs> oh video. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> He had to get rabies shots, uh, and yeah, it was it was pretty wild. But really, though, how do you? I mean, picking up an actual bat. How do you think that's plastic? Well, somebody like this is the it. '80s. They didn't have somebody they didn't have those it in really there. good like. What, what's creepy is that the the performer or the performer, the fan, threw that. He snuck that in there, and the story was is that it was a dead bat. The guy got it from something I can't remember where. And he just put it in his pocket and was able to get it into the venue. And he threw it up there and Ozzy got it. Isn't that crazy? My gosh. But, I mean, the things that people do with bats. There was a bat in the tree when I was a kid. And I just remember the kids, you know, doing what they right? do with any any little defenseless little animal. But All right. We have some more trivia, guys. This week in rock and roll history. Trivia? (laughs) All right, we have another trivia question for you guys. This week in 1985, this musician is arrested in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park while freebasing cocaine in his car. He is ordered into a rehab program and agrees to pay for a benefit show for the local Haight-Ashbury free food program. Who was it this week in 1985 that was doing this? Was it A, James Brown, B, Keith Richards, C, Jerry Garcia, or D, David Cocaine Crosby. Do I get to answer this one? You get to answer. What do, what do you think? I'm going to go with David Cocaine Crosby. David Cocaine Crosby. You think it's, you think it's Crosby? In the spirit of this week, it's David Cocaine Crosby. It could be. It could very well be. 
but it's actually Jerry Garcia from okay, Grateful Dead. Okay, okay. Yes, this was a, an infamous thing that happened to poor Jerry Garcia. I got a photo from him from 1985 because he looked really rough at this time. Okay, so check out. Here's the story. Grateful Dead's legendary patriarch Jerry Garcia was released on bail after his arrest by a police officer who, who accused him of freebasing cocaine in the front seat of his BMW. The front seat of his BMW. Yep. Just never pegged him for driving a BMW. Uh, police officer Mark Gamble said he noticed that the registration was expired. So tags were expired. Tags. Go, goes to check it out. Jerry Garcia is there. And he says he noticed a strong smell of something burning and saw Garcia drop a piece of tinfoil between the car's front seat. Uh, he said he found 23 small bundles thought to be either heroin or cocaine in a nearby briefcase. Garcia, 42, was arrested two counts of possession of narcotics, one count of paraphernalia. He was out on bail uh, that same day. But it was kind of a pretty shameful time for him, you know. Mm. He's, he's really in really bad health, and he just he got worse from that point on. It never really got better. Passed away in 95, and so, yeah. Kind of tragic, right? Getting free, caught freebasing in your car there. Yeah. 1985, man. All right. So, it's time for our new rock and metal album releases in less than 30 seconds. David, you got to do this in less than 30 seconds. Do you think you can do this? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try it. You got to do the artist and the album name. These are all coming out. January 20th. So we got Atrocity Occult 3, uh, Massacre, Big City, Sunwind, Sales. You don't have to say the, the, the that's the label at the end. All right, all right, all right, all uh, right. Black Star Riders, Wrong Side of Paradise, Celestial Wizard, Winds of Cosmos, Dryad, The Abyssal Plain, Gypsy, Chief Goliath, End of Age, Turn to Stone, Chapter <laughs> 7, Split, Half Life, Like a Jungle, Heroes and Monsters, Heroes and Monsters, Imperium, Decan uh, is. Into Sorrow Evermore, Issa, Lights of Japan, Catonia, Sky Void of Stars, <laughs> Laura Cox, Head Above Water, Man's, Main Skin Rush, Nat, Nat, Riverside, ID, Entity, See Their Disclaimer, Sledges, Av- uh, Avstand, 10, Something Wicked, This Way Comes, Tidal Wave, The Lord Knows, Tribunal, The Weight of Remembrance, Twilight Force, At the Height, or At the Heart of Wintervale, UFO, No Heavy, uh, No Heavy Petting Release, or Re-Release. Re-Release. Nice, good job. Did I do you, it? Yeah, yeah. I, think, I need to get a timer. What I need to do is I need to have a little um, little button here, and maybe next week I'll have it ready, and it'll do a little countdown, 30 seconds. Okay. But that was pretty good. I think that, you guys, I feel... I think you nailed it. Well, I, I'm in fight or flight right now. I, think <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> all right. We got a new Disney special that's coming out that's apparently all about uh, Bono and U2, and it's called... Okay, so so, okay, excuse me. It's called Bono and the Edge: A Sort of Homecoming with David Letterman. That's the name of the full special, I guess. Um, the The show will premiere on St. Patrick's Day, March seventeenth, same day as U2's new album, which is a bunch of songs reimagined from their catalog, which I don't like. I hate mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Like they pick their songs and they do like a greatest hits kind of thing. They're like, oh Nothing yeah. New. Songs reimagined. I hate that term as well. I, I, I don't like that. To me, that's just like, uh, we don't know what to do, and we have no new material. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, the document, it, spot, it spotlights the U2 leaders heading back home to Dublin, Ireland, marks uh, the first 
trip to the country? What? Oh, oh, David Letterman's first trip. Mm. Oh, okay, so this is David Letterman's first trip. He goes with them, and he kind of tags along. I'd be more interested to see David Letterman, uh, honestly, in this than uh, the guys from U2. But it's done by a very well-known documentary guy, Morgan Neville, and he did the, the one that's now legendary, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. It's called Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Um, so he's going to be doing that. So at least they got somebody good doing it, but I don't know. I've never really been a huge YouTube fan. I don't really care too much about Bono. Um, I, I, it sounds cool, but I'm not going to be super interested in it. What, what about you? Uh, you know, I just feel like the Illuminati made it, so I don't <laughs> That's a good point. Um, no, uh, we left that out. I mean, I, I I am a little partial to to you two sometimes. I do, yeah. I do feel the I feel the rush. Yeah, listening to you know that's the, that's the feeling from you two always for me. It's always just like sort of a building. Yeah, uh, emotions and, yeah, and yeah. release. So summertime, I could I could watch this and then probably like go like run around in the backyard for a little bit. Yeah. Like with my shirt off, probably. Well, it's coming out on St. Patrick's Day, so there you go. Now you got your day plan. All right. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, did you hear about this? Jared Leto uh, going to be uh, involved in the new Tron film. Oh. Uh, I should resize that to a better size. Uh, let's do 150. Jared Leto is going to be in the new Tron film, which is going to be coming out this, this year, or is it next year? Tron 3 is moving forward at Disney with Jared Leto as its star. Joaquin Ronning, Ronning is in talks to direct. Script is coming from Jesse Wiguto. Tron Ares will follow 2010's Tron Legacy. There's no release date. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, we haven't had a Tron movie since 2010. Um, Jared Leto's kind of a... Know, kind controversial of, figure. Controversial, right? kind of creepy. Kind Might of have his... Uh, might work some cult themes into it. Could be. You know? um, and Tron's a great franchise. I do love Tron as a whole and the whole story behind it, uh, being a gamer myself and loving that kind of connection that we feel with video games. And I hope that they do it in a way that's respectable of the original franchise and not too far from that original stuff. I don't know tribe about it how do you feel about that like when certain franchises maybe that you're passionate about or that you like personally start getting into like the third or fourth movie realm era where it's like are we really doing it for tron anymore or is this for something else you know what i mean yeah the uh the the oh my goodness we'll get to that in a second um (laughs) (laughs) uh i you know I, i i feel like there is that feeling you want you want more, right? Yeah, but, you want more of the story. Yeah, you I know, want you more w- character you want more development. Of the story, but it's it's a uh, it's a fine line, right? It's, it is. You know the the last few uh, Star Wars movies, they're really just come on. That's right. Come yeah, on. That that's a great example. I feel like that there are some of those Star Wars ones. Like me personally, I like the the fact that they are expanding on. Rogue One and that storyline. That was the a beginning. Good one. That was a, that was a good one. Rogue One and the latest one that was the sequel to Rogue One. What was the um, the other one? Um, um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. 
But I enjoy those because they are expanding upon storyline that was never told, that was always assumed, like the beginning yeah. of the rebellion, right? Yeah. What the whole basis of Star Wars is about, right? Show us that. Show us that shit. Like, show us what the beginning of the rebellion looked like. Who were the main players? How did it even come about to where uh, Princess Leia was uh, part of that? You yeah, know? You, you know it's interesting because I, you know, I've hear, I hear a lot of people kind of shitting on the idea of the the reboot where they add the uh, context and that this is you know kind of our our age of movies. We don't come up with anything new, right? However, I ask myself, why is it that we're so interested in these reboots why is it that we do this so much do you now? think it's the like... nostalgia thing just well, the straight up nostalgia kind of like for me i think it's two things i think there is some nostalgia like we like getting back into the story but i think also is that people in our age and i'm gonna get a little bit social theory here for a second mm-hmm. but i think a little bit is that people in our age have a kind of a, a fundamental uh, loss of faith in authority. Okay. And we we seek for explanation and context more. Uh, right. That's something that, that we, like, you know, maybe not to say any, throw any, cast any shade on, uh, like, baby boomers or anything, but a lot of, uh, you know, my parents, my parents' friends and whatever, they, they didn't always want those explanations. No. Right? No, you're right, and I feel like my parents were kind of in that same boat. Right, happy to just kind of like toe the line, yeah, having fun and and doing things. They were but... military, you know, like you know. They, I think they were very honestly. I think like my parents came from poverty in that regard. That my dad was a first generation immigrant. My mom came from nothing, from West Virginia, and they both joined the military uh, to get a better life and kind of get mm-hmm. a um, an education that they couldn't afford. Yeah. Rather, right. So they've always felt in debt to this country. Like yeah. that generation, I feel has always felt in debt to this country for yeah. giving them that opportunity, right? When they were climbing and there was ex- economic right. expansion and there were a lot of opportunities. And then we see a little bit of the reverse, a little bit of now, that middle class. Uh, right. Yeah. And now now we don't have that connection the way that they did where the middle class didn't get the jobs from the government and from the military. This generation now is not getting those jobs. and They, they don't need to join the military to get a decent paying job. They don't need to do that, right? Out of poverty, somebody can do multiple things now. There's different avenues. And pretty much back then, it was only one way in terms of you got to join the military. And that's like where the Dead Kennedy song, Kill the Poor, a lot of that stuff is based in that fact that historically, it's been the poor, the disenfranchised that have always joined the military to try and better themselves and their families by a way that was available for the government, like, hey, if you want to do this, we'll pay for your college, we'll do this, we'll give you health care, we'll give you benefits, you can retire at this age, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, without the draft, without a lot of that. Right, you, you and, with, a lot less and of that. for someone that's, like, struggling and your mom's, like, working a, a diner job and your dad's a deadbeat, someone, someone's like, you know what, I am going to do that. And it gives them that sense of pride. They pry on that, like, make your family proud. A lot of the modern commercials are still doing that, where it shows the mom and the dad sitting there at the table, and the dad's, like, listening to the son, and the son's, like, telling him, you know, I want to do this to make you proud, and I want to do this, and, uh, you know, to, to, and the dad's, like, sitting there with a sense of pride. And I feel like that that's still the inherent 
like gas behind the flame is that sense of pride and and doing something it's not so much the i need to do it financially the way my parents did it they Mm. needed it for a financial reason like to get a better job and to to have a career and they didn't do it for a sense of pride the way that now it almost seems like yeah these kids have the money they have everything they need but they want to be like they want to have that sense of pride like I'm, I'm doing something above and beyond and I feel like that's still a draw for the kids they feel like they're doing something that's like not a lot of other kids can do and they feel like they feel like that's something more or something you know I don't know, I don't know. yeah I mean I was I, I was thinking about sort of the 2008 financial crisis and oh yeah sort of the the uh, the, the hit that uh the middle class is taken and kind of how people are seeing the massive inequality, you know, the, the last, it's very the much last three years, display. right? The yeah. last three years, the, uh, top 1% made, I don't remember how the Oxfam just came out with a report about it, but it, the, how many, uh, more, uh, times the uh, amount of wealth that was generated was just going to the 1% yeah. versus the rest of the 99%. And that's got to make you feel population. pretty shitty, right? Like, um, yeah, so I think people, they want those explanations and they sort of thrive on those explanations, trying to figure out why things are the way that they are. Yeah, you know? and before, like what you were saying to go back to the original, is that they didn't ask those questions. They just yeah. didn't, they didn't yeah. cry that much because they knew they were getting that kind of return from that saying you don't want to yeah. bite the hand that feeds supposedly yeah, uh, yeah. You know, as the saying goes right so yeah I mean I, I, I can I can do with a reboot and an explanation and all that stuff I agree well you know what we need an explanation on is why people aren't puking in movie theaters well I was, days. I was it's just times have changed man like people you know, just I don't remember puke in the theaters days enough. going to the the Charlie Chaplin talkies and just you know puking my guts out and well, I that was, that was back in the '30s. And well, now, I, me and my grandpa, I just think of him just sitting down, taking off wrenching, his bowler hat, just, yeah, just and just it. going right in it, yeah, just the, and then dumping it out in the trash. Well, and those days, men on. were men, and he'd he, I'd pull out my handkerchief <laughs> and I'd hand it to him, right, and it, none of this t- tissue stuff. No, I mean, right. We'd have a handkerchief, and he'd he'd, he'd wipe my tears after I puked, and just real men. Those were good popcorn, times, and then you eat the popcorn. It's the curds, it's like right? A, it's well, a, that's it's a, a it's, that was kind of that's a kind of the where crow's milk came from. That is, that, you know, that is actually true uh, in terms of the origins there. But let's get to this interesting. This was a story la- late last year, and David and I were talking about this off the air, and we thought we'd uh, mention this again. <laughs> that we think that people need to puke at the movie theaters more often because, honestly, it's what's lacking. In going to the theater, I can watch well, that a movie. true visceral experience, right? I can watch a movie anywhere, right? It's like you know, digital. I can bring it up on my phone. I can do this and that. Something about going into a movie theater where it's dark and you're full of strangers and you're watching a movie you've never seen before that is shocking in some kind of way. Yeah. That I think still just honestly connects with people. Well, you remember on the Goonies where he did the sounds and right. it made everyone throw up. What's changed? 
I think it's de- de- honestly it's desensitization, uh, desensitizing. Really? Because yes, I, I think that we're we're able to watch so many things at our disposal now online, right? Yeah, Seriously. Okay. Okay. Let's let's get real see, about it. See, because I was thinking that maybe it had to do with the change in the way movie theaters are now. It could be. You part, know, remember when we were kids, you'd go into the the College Green movie theater. Yeah. And you'd sit down, and there'd be sticky stuff on the ground. Sure, the seats weren't that Popcorn great. Everywhere. But now you go in, and it's like a reclining seat. It's nice, and it's air conditioned. Well, it doesn't smell bad. Like that's a good point. I wonder. So that's that's probably part of it, in co- coinciding with the fact that I think people just aren't shocked or scared anymore. Yeah. There was yeah. a James Addiction album that came out, right? Uh, 1989, 1990. Nothing shocking. And it was kind of one of those sayings that was starting to gain traction at that time. Desensitate, yeah, you know, desensitizing of culture and everything. So much. That everything's at our, and especially now that we're like, you know, we're able to pull up anything. You can ask a kid to, you know. They're hey, on the YouTubes. Hey, do you know about the cotton gin? Do you know about, you know, whatever. They could pull up video and pull up anything you want at any kind of request. I'll tell right? you ten times more about Eli Whitney than you ever knew. Exactly. So now when we get down to movie stuff of what shocks an audience, what gets gasps, what gets laughs, what gets any kind of visceral reaction, whether it's positive or negative, I think is a feat in modern cinema to be able to get that from an audience. Especially when we're talking about the desensitizing of everything. You, you got to go beyond. What do you got to do to get a reaction out of people these days? Right? Really think about it. I mean, I watched The Walking Dead, and when I first okay. started watching it, it was a really difficult thing for me to do. Okay. And now it's just like the morning, right? <laughs> I'll sit and have my, I'll sit and have my sausage. Zombies, uh, right? Blown out. Right? Hey, the one pulled out of that, the well, you know, that's nothing to me. Speaking of that, I will say the new series. Fear um, the Walking Dead? No, no, no. I don't like The Walking Dead anymore. Okay. I have a bittersweet relationship with that show. Oh, you're totally I love the first, like, four or five seasons. Okay. Truly. After that, they lost me. Okay. I really tried okay. to stay on there for those, like, transitional things. It's like season 10 or 11 now. Yeah, 11. Not, yeah, not... I haven't watched it since season 6 or 7. Uh, okay. And I truly, though, I was a champion of that show. Like, I told a lot of my friends about it. The first couple seasons, truly one of a kind, great season or great, great series. A new series has got me uh, that feeling once again of that show, The Last of Us. Oh, that's I thought you were gonna say that one on HBO has just premiered. It's really good. It's based on a video game series, which is equally as good. They are staying very true to the video game series, Mm. which is impressive and. It's one of the ones where it's like they could have, they could have went off on different tangents. They could have done different different stuff, but they're staying true to the yeah, source material. And the actors are great. The actors and actresses. It's the guy who plays the Mandalorian. Uh, I forget his name. Um, oh yeah, you know who I'm talking. Yeah, about. I know you're talking. The guy about. who plays Mandalorian. Um, anyway, he's the lead in it, and it reminds me of those first couple seasons of The Walking Dead. And it's truly something new. Yes, and it's it's refreshing. It's exciting. Watch it. I, I definitely recommend that new one. But what we're talking about here with this uh, uh, Terrifier Two is it, the one that we're mentioning in this uh, 
in this uh, realm of the theaters that are getting people to have visceral reactions in the theater. And we'll move on, but just real quick, some of these tweets that came out during the movie's premiere. My friend passed out in the theater and called an ambulance. Wow. The guy behind me passed out cold, crashed into my chair. <laughs> I heard a guy puking hard and loud in the bathroom. Terrifier 2 is so gory, I puked in my popcorn. Seeing oh, Terrifier 2 God. in the theater was a real trip. People in the audience were gasping, covering their eyes, and a few times I even heard retching sounds from a woman a few seats over. So the, uh, the <laughs> producer tweeted out this advisory at the time that said all this stuff, right? You may experience fainting. You may experience all this type of stuff. Brutal depictions of violence. Me personally, I still haven't seen the film. And it's one of those ones where I'm like, I want to watch it, but I don't at this point. Because I know that it's going to go into that realm of, I will always remember the visual scenes that I will see in this movie. Because it's of that echelon of whatever, violence yeah, you or... you feel like you don't need that. That, that I feel like, yeah, maybe I, I've already seen enough from this review that I don't want to see that. But I, yeah. I'm, it, it almost makes it more intriguing that you do want to see it, right? When yeah, these really. negative reviews come out. For well, me, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I like, I like it's that. surprising to me. I, I saw all the... It was about the same time this came out. I was at the theater, and all I saw were warnings about Babylon giving you uh, <laughs> epileptic seizures. And I mean, this seems a lot more of an important thing. I agree. You know, I agree, dude. Okay, this was an interesting one. This guy's life was saved by ketchup. Did you hear about this guy? Was it the uh, his prostate, right? No. That, that tomato. Oh. A man who was adrift in the Caribbean Sea for 24 days was saved by ketchup. Wow. Garlic powder and seasoning cubes. Ketchup packets, garlic powder, seasoning cubes. He scrounged like uh, little bits of bouillon or yeah. something. Like wow. a little bits of bouillon. There's garlic salt powder there, and then garlic. ketchup packets. And his, oh my gosh, so, twenty-four days. Yeah, he had a wrecked sailboat. He was working on the coast, uh, wherever he was, uh, coast of um, Cartagena. There you go. Yeah. And um, he was working on Saint his boat. Martin. His boat, his boat was not a working boat, and his boat got swept into the sea. When the tide came in or whatever, right? And so he got swept out there for 24 days. Elvis Francois. Elvis Francois. What a name, right? This guy is, he's <laughs> the modern, he's a hero. He is. He he does remind me of, uh, how what's do you that think, guy's name, the actor? How do you Tom think, Hanks. Did, you, did you read it yet? How he how he was able to signal? Let's see. I, I, I won't tell, I guess. How, uh, how do you think he was able to get the plane's attention? So did he? Uh, so he ate the ketchup, right? He survived on ketchup. Did he maybe use some ketchup to write something on something? That's maybe a good point. like uh, ketchup packets wrote, "Help me on the." He tried to start a fire, didn't work. Okay. He used a mirror to signal. Oh, okay, okay. Got the light, and it signaled a a, a plane that was flying over. Um, the ship. Uh, then came to get him, took him to the port of this Card- Cartagena, where he's pronounced good health, very skinny, just off the island of Satan Martin. I mean, he looks good. Right? He's looking good. That is amazing. 24 days. Yeah. That reminds, did you get? Did you hear Catch about the guy man. who got stranded with like a 
some salsa or something like that? Yeah, well, it was, uh, I think it was Taco Bell's uh, hot sauce packets. He was stranded in the snow, and his car got snowed in, right? And he, just... and he had a bunch of Taco Bell hot sauce packets in his uh, glove box, and he survived on those. It was something for like nine days. He was able to melt snow, drink water. I'll have to start yelling at or stop yelling at my wife about this. No, stock up the hot on sauce hot packets. sauce packets and ketchup packets in your car. Well, how about Parmesan cheese? That could save your life, too. You yeah. got, there's some it's fat, got fat in there, right? Sodium. Well, I just, I just do so much. All stuff that you need in your body. So stupid of me. Now you're not going to, you know. Gosh. All right, check this out. I thought this was kind of cool. No way. Dude bought the original Goonies home. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Goonies fan Beeman Zakari now owns the home featured in the iconic Steven Spielberg film. Paid $1.65 million for it, and he says he's going to decorate the home to look like it did in the film. He wants to create the original contraption that will open the front gate, but he still needs to figure out how well, to do it. Well, I can do the truffle later. shuffle for it. Well, he says you won't be able to get in unless you do that. <laughs> you got to get Well, how about the statue? The statue. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so I guess he bought it. He's going to turn it into a kind of a fan landmark. I think that's wow. cool. Wow. Somebody did In that Astoria, the, uh, Oregon. Beautiful place. The Lost Grandma Boys, was born uh, there. Lost Boys house, too. Really? Somebody did that. It's like some house in Ohio or Chicago. Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about this. The hotel charges $50 just to open the mini fridge. Oh, come on. So now, you know, now it's you're getting charged to open it. Because I will say, my wife and I went to Vegas, and we were thinking about uh, putting our own drinks. We were thinking, like, can we just take these drinks out of here and put our own bottled water in here? Like, can we put our own, or even just, like, squeeze our own bottled water or our own drinks in the fridge, right? Just to keep them cool? No, you can't do that. You have to leave everything in the fridge as it is, and even opening the fridge can be a charge in some hotel. <laughs> not crazy? Got this down to a science. Well, so, it was funny at the ski resort yesterday. Okay. I was on the hill with my, my daughter on the bunny hill and was running around. She was on skis, and I was just making sure she didn't fall and trying to catch her when she went a little too fast. And then the uh, instructor came over to me and said, Are you on the hill with no... Uh, are, like, are you in the class? Uh, do you have your, do you have, like, you, right. you can't be on here with these people with skis on. Every one of them is a, is a, oh, uh, 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 a, a missile. Oh, right? right. Yeah. So, so I had to leave my daughter on the hill to go alone. Whoa. Um, and then every time she would come down, they'd ask her, are you in the class? Wow, are you in the class? Kind of, that's kind of creepy. And these, you know, it costs you whatever, hundred bucks for a lesson. But or that's whatever. their way of like peer pressuring you yep. into the class. Yep. Yep. Well, and it really was she wasn't supposed to be on that right. hill. Yeah, because it was the class <laughs> hill. Yep, yep. Just for the class. This is a lot like that, right? Yep. Um, our way around it, uh, we go to the ice machine, and we fill up our ice machine. It must have been six times. And I put all the ice into the sink, the bathroom <laughs> sink. And I fill up the bathroom sink full of ice, and then I put all of our drinks into the ice. There you go. That was our fridge. There you go. Because we couldn't use the actual fridge in the room because if you moved or touched anything, you would get charged for it. Well, in there, my solution was just abandon my daughter on the hill. <laughs> that's also that's also a good uh, solution. 
All right, this was a funny story that we're going to end it with, guys. We're, we're finishing it up here. This was a funny one. Have you heard of this, David? <laughs> it's the, I don't know, but this looks great. The Iowa Husband Calling Contest. <laughs> it went viral. Uh, this was from 2017. And these are the, the, the husband calls that these wives I'm have. I'm liking this already. All right, so these are the calls that the what ladies make to their husbands to get their attention. I guess like when dinner's ready or whatever, when they're calling him in a in a mall or a public setting. Do you have so real quick, do you have something that you use for your kids? Like my dad had a signature whistle that he would do. He would do this whistle and it was like and he would do this little signal and I would hear it in wherever we were at, in the mall or wherever, and I'd I'd follow the sound. I'd be like, Oh, there's my dad. So what we do if we are in a public setting is Stranger we, Danger. We yell Marco. Oh, nice. Polo. We yell Marco. Marco Polo. Yep. Yep. Right. That's cool. I like that. That's a good one. All right. So check out what these ladies do, though. We're gonna we're gonna share it with you guys on our Twitch channel. All right. Give me a second here. Let me load it up. Modern messaging method. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna load this up here. A reminder for everyone listening. Make sure you guys follow us, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly, if you guys want to see uh, our stuff that we're talking about here. We, we show it to you guys on, on, the, on the Twitch stream, so make sure you guys check it out, all right? Here it is. We're going to show it for you. It's like texting and emailing can never compare to good old-fashioned yelling at the Husband Calling Contest. <laughs> Judges, are you ready? Okay. Bob! 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 Hurry up! I don't want to be late! (laughs) I don't want to be late to the great Iowa State Fair! Bob, hurry! Hurry! Bob! Robert Dean! (laughs) That's it! I'm going by myself! She stamped her foot at the end. That was fifth place. That wasn't very good. I have been here probably 35 to 40 years at Pioneer Hall. Lots of times I came in second or third, too. That's strong. <laughs> that is a good one. That is strong. Unless you want to make she got third place. Okay, that's a little much. It started because I wanted a ribbon. In calling, I've gotten as high as second in husband calling, and then I've gotten way down, way down the food chain too. I just Barcelona hat, really. They, they Barcelona. Random from the audience every Seems year, like so a hat you, you get at the flea market. Get. Would you like to hear me call my husband? What am I supposed to call him? You low down, Roger Daryl Eichelberg. You low down, stinky, manure covered, farmer tanned. Oh, I'm supposed to call him for dinner. <laughs>
it was hard to judge. You have, you know, three things that hard you have to, to judge. judge. And, it, you know, your first I mean, there's a lot of texture. Yeah, and right. And variations. A lot of, a lot of nuances. You can't be ethnocentric about this. Okay, you know? ready for the first your place first one? impression just about knocks it's you coming. out of your seat. And your last impression is kind of the same as your oh, first Oh, look at the judges. They're very so serious. I kind of went by, can I understand what they're saying? How would I know what you want when you're calling me? Roy? Roy! <laughs> can you hear me? You get yourself in here right now. Come on. You know you're going to be late again, and you know that I want to get there on time. Roy? Roy, 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 Roy! When I first started, <laughs> my husband said to me, you're not going to do that, Bonnie. You're not. Oh, please don't do it. Oh, my God. All right, so there you go. What do you think that of? was good. That was good, right? That last one. That was the first place one. I mean, yeah, that was good. It was pretty good, right? All right. That's it for us this week, guys. Make sure you check us out, of course, rocknewsweekly.com. Every week, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at rocknewsweekly. Check us out online on all those uh, platforms. Give us a like and a follow. Thank you guys for tuning in every week. We appreciate it. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you next time, all right? Have a good one. Peace. See you later. Let's do another ad. And now a message from one of our sponsors. When you're about to saddle up and tread that rusty terrain, you need a brand of drink you can rely on. And when you reach across to grab that drink from your compadre on that dusty trail, it's better be something that's made from the heart. And when you open up that mix of taurine and tiger's tears, Know that Balljack is there with you. Hell um, yeah! America. Balljack has been disputedly bringing its tasty, energizing mix to the mouths of dusty trailblazers like you since 1863. You're goddamn right! Don't leave your America. dusty trailmate hanging. Reach over and grab his Balljack. He's waiting for you to quench that dusty trailblazing <laughs> thirst with his Balljack. Woo! Balljack. Great. The drink of dusty trailblazers. Reach for it today.